The Drug History Podcast, Series 1, Episode 4, Drugs in Babylon and Assyria. Our reviews of drugs in history so far have been based on a definition that is informed by the disciplines associated with current medical and scientific practice, chemistry, biochemistry, physiology, genetics, cell biology, anatomy, histology, plant science, physics, and the like. Many of these disciplines have only become very advanced in the past 150 years or so, following the Industrial Revolution and wide adoption of the scientific method. It should therefore come as no surprise that prior to the advancement we see in the modern age in these fields, there was a similar limited understanding of drugs and how they work. For a podcast like this one, previous historical periods present an interesting challenge. Do we, for instance, stick to a strict modern definition of drugs as defined in our first episode, which some would argue is necessary to maintain consistency, or do we take account of historical, societal, and environmental factors and consequently have a more flexible understanding that incorporates all treatments used in the same way as we would use drugs today. The second question poses further questions. What if the historical treatments are no longer in use today? What if they exist but are not currently used for the same purpose because they have either been shown to be ineffective on the one hand or have benefits that we do not know about yet? If they are indeed effective, and we just do not know about it, then we could discount something that fits the definition of a drug and is not merely a placebo. It appears that the safer approach is to give as complete an account as possible within the parameters of the podcast and to let the listener decide. In this episode, we look at drugs in the Assyrian and Babylonian eras, roughly spanning 1900 BC to 539 BC. The word drugs is in quotations as we have adopted the looser definition just discussed. As might be expected from a knowledge of history, what is known about drugs and medicines from this period is gleaned from clay tablets on which were written letters and information about various conditions and their treatments. For a technical explanation, the academic Metcalf describes the processes used to glean such information under the headings of paleopathology, artifacts, and texts. There are some well-known reference texts that deal with this period, such as the 1913 paper by Professor Morris Jastrow, PhD, entitled The Medicine of the Babylonians and Assyrians. This is freely available from among other respected sources, SAGE Journal Publications and the U.S. National Library of Medicine. While we make use of JASTRO for this episode, we also refer to other publications as well. According to JASTRO, our knowledge of the medicine of the Babylonians and Assyrians is derived almost exclusively from the great library of clay tablets gathered in his palace by King Ashurbanel of Assyria, who ruled from 668 to 626 BC. 
and which was discovered by Sir Austin Henry Laird in 1849 in the course of his excavations in Nineveh, which was the capital of the later Assyrian Empire. About 30,000 fragments of the clay tablets of the collection, which may well have numbered over 100,000 when complete, have found their way into the British Museum. Included in the collection are at least 800 fragments that may be placed in the category of medical texts, although the dividing line between a medical text and an incantation on the one hand or an omen text on the other cannot always be sharply drawn. It is not possible sharply to differentiate between a omen text dealing with abnormal and pathological symptoms on the human body, b. medical texts with magic rites, and c. medical prescriptions with a minimum of incantation formulae. Incantations were based on the belief that disease is due to demoniac possession or influence, a belief which in Babylonia and Assyria extended to all the mishaps and accidents of life. Some cues, uh, therefore, involved driving the demon out of the body, either forcing or coaxing him out. Incantations as a means of bringing this about are therefore to be viewed as the antitoxins of primitive medicine, acting primarily on the demons and merely as a resultant incident bringing about the cue of the patient. Babylonian Assyrian medicine never cut loose from this close association with incantations. Combined with incantations, uh, moreover, certain ceremonies were enacted to symbolize the manner in which the relief of the patient from the grasp of the demons was to be expected. These rites led to the actual introduction of medical remedies. Among the trees, plants, herbs, and weeds introduced in connection with magic rites were mint, oleander, cassia, pure plant, chicory, grain, herbs, various weeds, the tamarisk tree, seeds of the yushu tree, cedar, shiyoku wood, as well as oil, fat, honey, flour, stones, onions, dates, palm blossoms, and seeds. All these also occur as drugs in the medical texts proper. Through experience, it was found that in certain common diseases such as indigestion, diarrhea, constipation, colds, headaches and fevers, certain articles of food and certain herbs, plants, seeds and juices were beneficial. By the side of helpful treatments, we also frequently find concoctions and mixtures that are primarily nasty and ill-smelling, including the dung and urine of men and animals as well as all sorts of foul and decaying material. Such remedies were originally applied to the parts supposedly afflicted by demons in the hope of disgusting the demons by foul smells to induce them to leave the patients and fly to surroundings where the air was purer and the odors less disagreeable. However, there is also evidence of a systematic medical approach in the form of several tablets that deal with a number of diseases. The Babylonian and Assyrian prescriptions, B, 
began with a series of signs and symptoms in one or other parts of the body, such as, and I quote, if a man's head hurteth him, or if a man's object of vision is multiple, or if a man has a toothache, and so forth. The bodies of the prescriptions were essentially the same. They called for unspecified amounts of substances from the vegetable, animal, and mineral kingdoms. The rarest substances and least available materials were set down. Their dosages were indefinite. In many cases, each ailment had several alternative prescriptions, and the same one might be given for different ailments. Some prescriptions were recommended for singular use, others in combination, and still others alternately. The Assyrian prescriptions were more specific and clearer in their use and administration. One of these series, known from the opening words as When a Man Has a Cold, deals with a variety of troubles having their seat in the stomach, intestines, and in the liver. The tablet begins with the diagnosis of a cold which has settled in the stomach. It reads, If a man is sick of a cold, which has turned into stomach pains, let him compound pestilence root, licorice root, tamush plant, which perhaps means the bean, shilim or dunnel, shiman, tummy and tongue plants. These seven drugs placed in wine let him drink as the star rises, that is at night, and in the morning without food and he will recover. Here we find a simple prescription directing the physician to prepare a mixture of drugs made from roots and plants to be taken as a portion in the morning and evening without food, or as we would say, fasting or before meals. There is nothing to suggest any connection with the magic ritual. However, perhaps not surprisingly, the very next paragraph outlines some incantations that were meant to be repeated alongside the medical protocol. We also note the reference to the use of wine as a vehicle for the dissolution of drugs. In most cases, light wine rather than water is prescribed, evidently for the purpose of making the portion more palatable. The use of alcohol in medicines is a practice that continues to the modern day. For the treatment of rheumatism, there are tablets that recommend the use of a poultice of water and grain. However, even this is associated with incantations and magic rites. The corn had to be bad or rotten, supposedly to disgust the demon responsible for the condition. Overall, it appears that over 300 substances used as drugs are mentioned in the Babylonian and Assyrian texts. The largest share is taken by plants and shrubs, and among those that may with greater or less certainty be identified are mint, licorice, rape or coalwood, coriander, common, caraway, cassia, onions, leek, radish, mustard, lily, Jasmine, nard, mushroom, colocynth, portulaca, anise, rocket, star of Bethlehem, and cyanoglossum, and a large variety of reeds and thorny plants. Next to plants are many trees, 
They are roots, twigs, bark, sap, and seeds. Among those which may be identified are the cedar, the cypress, the tamarisk, the myrtle, the willow, the fig, and the olive. Thirdly, there are many mineral substances including various alkalis and salts. Lastly, there are many stones which were crushed and used as ingredients in concoctions, but more particularly in ointments and salves. Some suggested treatments will raise eyebrows among modern patients. The following examples are of this class. According to a researcher by the name Philip Morad, one prescription reads as follows. If a man's eye perceives dazzling, it is the hand of a ghost. Pound into a powder, magnetic iron, mineral of lead, mealy salt, sulfate of iron, SAB stone, lapis lazuli, seed of female cuperus, and arsenic. Bray the powder in suet of the kidney of a black ox, like tannin on copper, and apply continuously to his eyes, and he shall recover. Again, for lazy eye or amblyopia, they prescribed the fixing of the fat of a black snake, fat of a lion, asafetiga gum, opium, salacania, and alkali in equal parts in copper dust and mountain honey to be braided and applied to the eyes. There are several more in Murat's paper, the link to which is in the notes for this podcast available to patrons. You may also be amused to learn that the cures of modern times, the medicines claimed to possess the power to cure baldness, biliousness and bunions, as well as cancer and consumption, or whatever ailed the victim, are survivals of similar claims among Babylonians and Assyrians. Before we conclude this episode, it is worth raising two further points. If you read Jastro's paper, to which we have made reference earlier, it links a lot of the Babylonian and Assyrian practices with those of the Jews, with a few examples given from the Pentateuch and the Talmud. Jastro sees the Assyrians as having influenced Jewish history in that regard. This is debatable, at least from the Pentateuch viewpoint, since the earliest Hebrew manuscripts are said to be from around 1500 BC and the Jewish captivity in Babylon only occurs 900 years later, around 605 BC, not long after the reign of King Ashurbanipal. The Talmud, on the other hand, which is a fluid reflection of tradition and could have been updated after the Babylonian captivity to reflect customs that Jews had learned from the rule of Babylon, Media and Persia might be influenced by some of these writings. The second point is in relation to drug misuse. We have already referred to the use of wine as an ingredient in some Babylonian and Assyrian medicines. This is suggestive of widespread use of alcohol. We may therefore reasonably expect that there would also be misuse of wine and beer in these societies as in all others where alcohol is in use. This indeed proves to be true, as shown by prescriptions for the treatment of symptoms similar to what we would know as a hangover today. Alongside alcohol misuse, Luke Pomeroy, another researcher of the British Science Museum, 
writes about the misuse of opium in Assyrian and Babylonian society. He indicates that opium was referred to as the plant of joy, which points to a recreational use of the drug. I hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. Join us again next time as we explore the history of drugs. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or simply go over to our website and sign up to receive notifications of new episodes as they are released.